Greetings everyone and welcome back to the Evolution podcast. We are finally at episode 20 um, and I'm undecided yet the name of this episode. Maybe Twintopia, maybe three is a magic number, maybe mothers are heroes, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've actually recorded this episode before, maybe a week or so after my twins were born. Um, but honestly, I was in such a dream-like state um, so soon after the babies were born that, um, gosh, I can barely remember it. And I think that's a really great way to start the episode. It, it is that dream-like state. Um, it is like, wow, birthing life is, it's something else. There's there's nothing like it. There's There's nothing like it. And I think if someone wasn't spiritual before experiencing birthing life whether it's th- themselves or being in the presence of it or just having the opportunity to watch life grow then for sure like the the connection must be created you know if you didn't believe in god if you didn't believe in a higher power a higher self then if you don't after i mean i don't know i don't know if you ever will <laughs> Um, so I'm sat here, um, my baby's a week six, what, my son is next to me, you're going to hear hear him for sure, and, and my daughter's not far away, my eldest daughter's at nursery, um, and that's reality, you know, it's, it's busy, mum life is busy, and for sure having three small children, three under three, <laughs> um, is exceptionally busy, um, and yeah, I could have arranged childcare. Um, I could have um, made sure that my partner was looking after the babies to record this episode. But I want to keep this. I want to keep this thing real. I want to keep this authentic, and that's my life now. There is always a baby on my arm, um, or two, or three. It is nonstop. It's twenty four seven. It's during the night. It's first thing in the morning. It's while you're asleep. It's while you're eating, while you're going to the loo, while you're having a bath, while you're doing work, in during business meetings. Um, being a mum never stops. And uh, yes, there are struggles. Yes, there are difficulties. But finding the balance, learning how to juggle, learning how to do all the things that you did before and finding a way to keep those things flowing is... Uh, it's... It's the fine tunings of a gift that we're all born with. Um, we're all parents in one way or another, whether we actually give birth to children or start our own family in whatever way that manifests, or you know, if we nurture an animal, nurture a plant, nurture a friend. You know, this is the gift of parenting that is within all humans, and um, I do feel like everyone gets the opportunity to experience it if they want to, and uh, that's one of the biggest gifts in my opinion um that life has to offer so i've been asked um several times to share my birth story um and i'm happy to do that it's it's not really a very long story (laughs) um if i think back to my first labor experience with my daughter it went on for hours um you know from the first signs of labor to the moment she was born it lasted 33 hours i've discovered that this isn't unnormal for a first delivery um, you know, the body has to learn and 
create this you know birthing path for the for the baby to come through so it does take much longer um but this time around yeah it it, <laughs> it surprised me us um how quickly the babies came it was uh one morning six weeks ago <laughs> um and you know I, my daughter went off to nursery with my partner and uh I you know sat on my computer to do a bit of work because <laughs> I, I don't stop I've never really learned how to do that um, but it's a good thing because I, I enjoy what I do um so I was doing some emails I was actually working on a schedule for an upcoming teacher training with middle path movement and uh I started to feel some stomach cramps and uh you know, it did feel a bit different and I thought, okay, you know, I'm already at 40 weeks plus four, which is way beyond where the healthcare professionals expected me to be. And, f you know, for that reason, for me and my partner too, we expected to have had the babies up to four weeks beforehand. So um, we decided to not go down the path that was um, in the guidelines, which involved either a C-section or an induction it's not what I wanted to do at all um, and despite the constant encouragement and um, kind of fear-mongering from a lot of the <laughs> healthcare professionals you know you're probably hearing some hiccups right now <laughs> um, yeah you know whether intentional or not there was a lot of fear-mongering but yeah despite that um, I really pushed to stick to my intuition and to the um, you know research that I'd done myself that it is possible to go full term with twins you know there was th those fear voices were definitely in my mind but we waited and we waited and we waited and we waited 40 weeks and four days so past full term for a normal singleton pregnancy and those pains begun and I said I rang my partner he'd gone to work and I said I think the babies might come tonight um so just be prepared for that you know maybe get your class covered at the studio whatever um they're gonna come this evening I'm, I'm pretty sure this was about 10 in the morning um about 11 I thought okay I'm gonna just have a bath let's put the work to the side this you know I know I want to get all the work done before the babies come but also I want to have a nice relaxing bath before the babies come so put on um a hang drum playlist that my sister had sent me and kind of chilled out for a bit and the pains were still definitely there but you know they calmed down a bit I think I sat in the bath for about 45 minutes. I did nothing, you know, I literally just sat there. Uh, I spoke to my partner again. I was like, yeah, you know, I feel much better now I'm in the bath. So like, don't stress. It's not going to be till this evening or maybe tomorrow morning. But just so you know, they're definitely ha moving, <laughs> these little babies in, in here. Um, I got out of the bath and I walked towards my, my bedroom and I had to get down on my hands and knees and kind of like rest and then and then rest my my forearms on the side of the bed and like on my knees and I could feel you know progression for sure and um I, for some reason I still tried to carry on doing work on my phone I was like no, I need to get this schedule sorted I need to get it done um I don't know what, what I was maybe I just didn't want to believe what was happening um I rang my partner again I was like no no something's this is progressing fast like something's happening um yeah I reckon in the next like three or four hours you need to be here for sure um he was like okay okay no worries um 
maybe just ring the midwife so I rang the midwife and she was like hi Jessica happy to hear from you and I was like yeah I, I think my labor might be starting she was like have you timed the space like the space between your contractions you know are they contractions how do you feel like and as she was talking to me I kept like switching off she was like Jessica are you okay um yeah do you want to just time the contractions and just call me back so I was like right okay time them and I was like are these contractions is this happening already and I was like okay time the space between the contractions and I started timing and I was like three to four minutes I was like what three to four minutes that is um active labor I believe I mean anyway that is definitely a progression because I think this happened to me in my first labor after like 30 hours something like that you know I was like okay this is happening um, so I find her back she was like okay and she's the sweetest lady um and I, I could hear in her voice you want to hurry up basically but she was like okay no stress just relax take it easy but you're gonna want to come to the hospital like be here in the next hour so I ring my partner uh explain uh, the midwife has said we better get here fast he was like oh okay like that's that's really fast and then my partner's mum rings uh, obviously my partner's told her and her husband had offered to take her to the hospital and she was like do you think you know maybe we should arrange that? I was like definitely like tell him to come now um it's happening everything is happening and I'm saying all this between contractions so let me tell you like I'm trying to keep calm but like th the pain is progressing and uh, you know if you're listening to this and you're pregnant or you're planning to give birth you've never experienced it before like I'm just going to be honest with you yes of course um, labor is painful uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it but it's um, it's also empowering and magical and there's nothing like it in the world you can't compare it to like grazing a hand falling over tripping breaking a leg it's a completely different thing so you can't compare it to any of that it's and when you're in it you're in it like a trance-like state you know there's there's nothing like it and if you're about to go through that journey then do listen to this because I will you know these words I hope will empower you not they're not meant to fill you with fear because um these pains are wow they're an initiation into a rebirth you know it's not just birthing the life of your baby or in my case this time babies um it's uh it's birthing rebirthing yourself into wow and a goddess a new empowered state can you hear that my if you, i don't know if you can but my son is cooing like yes mommy you're right <laughs> um so we get to the hospital um and you know the whole it's not that far a drive from where where we live but um I had my headphones in my partner now tells me he didn't know that I was listening to music so you know they were talking to me in the car and I was just like listening to hang drum like stay in the zone stay in the zone because initially I wanted to have a home birth I uh, agreed to um, go to the midwifery led unit uh, away from the labor ward but uh, not too far away you know because I did understand that you know there can be more complications with twins um, I didn't want to put my babies at risk so um, you know in hindsight I really feel like I could have just stayed at home but I, I was I was happy there there was a pool it was quiet the lights were off um, all uh, medical equipment was locked away in cupboards they really make it look kind of as homey as they can um, you know no hospital bed a nice big double bed pictures of trees on the wall so you know it was okay there I was happy to be there and obviously it's less clearing up no no problems no complaints but I had my music on the whole way 
I was like trying to um, like meditate. I was thinking of mantras, like trying to just stay as much in the zone as possible. But you know, as the contractions were, you know, picking up, there were moments when I was like, "Oh wow, this is a lot." Don't open your eyes. Don't you're not you're not driving past the place that you teach yoga. Like <laughs> I was just trying to stay in it, in it as much as possible. Um, yeah, I've have heard that you know women that have been kind of dilated at home and then they get to the hospital and just kind of that dropping oxytocin that coming out you know the stress of the journey can take you out of the zone and take your labor back a few steps I was really trying not to do that I didn't want to prolong it um I was in my head going to be in labor for the next like 12 to 15 hours approximately (laughs) anyway we get there there was actually some NHS nurses outside the hospital um this is one thing I do vaguely remember um like protesting for you know workers rights and they could see obviously that I was in labor and uh, the midwife came to the front of the hospital with a wheelchair and they were like cheering me on like good luck (laughs) um but we get there and so I get out of the wheelchair and straight away I'm back on my knees leaning over the bed like oh you know this is progressing fast um and I think you know the midwives they've told me since then they could see that things were progressing fast you know by the way I could only put my head in my hands I just couldn't look up I was like definitely in the laboring zone my main midwife said um okay do you want me to get the pool ready and I was like yes please yeah because I knew that that would kind of like ease the pain a little bit just being in nice warm water and also you just for me personally you just feel a little less exposed because I don't know like being on a bed or being open in a room and there's other people there as well like you know it is an intimate experience and especially for me in my my experience like being in a hospital like anyone can walk in um and I didn't want to have my well the typical way I think you know what you see in the movies and what is often uh, encouraged in hospital is to kind of lie on your back have your legs open or, or whatever I didn't want to do that um so yeah in into the into the pool I go um things are progressing fast anyway I didn't know how long I was in there and I knew you know the contractions were picking up things were getting more painful like kind of noises were coming out of me like ah you know like noises of pain and they're not planned you know they do just kind of come and um I know you know speaking to other women that have given birth have said you know there's a time when maybe the nurses and doctors might tell you to push or they might tell you to breathe a certain way or to time a certain thing but in my experience and other women I've spoken to it's been very natural as in I just go with what my body is asking me to do I'm breathing deeply when it's happening I'm um what I've learned from my last experience where like maybe I was tensing up a bit more um I wasn't like relaxing down there uh, when I needed to um so just trying to stay in tune with the movements of my body and and, and relax uh, as much as possible into the contractions um, and and breathe but yeah the noises were picking up natural noises you know animalistic noises I think after about three hours in total <laughs> um, I asked for some gas and air um, you know just to kind of relax my breathing a bit more um, and that's that's the only form of painkiller that I used I don't really know if it's a painkiller it's more just to kind of get you in the zone pretty soon after my you know the last hour (laughs) um I I felt that the baby was moving down and I needed to push um my partner said that as I needed to push I needed to roar (laughs) so I roared like a lion but yeah when the time came and the pushing started um my son came quickly um in water um 
at 4.44. If you know me, you know that's like a special number to me. Head first, out in the water, healthy size, three and a half kilo baby. Uh, my partner cut the umbilical cords and um, yeah, I kind of thought I'd have uh, a little bit more time to kind of chill, to take it easy. <laughs> Are you reminiscing, baby? It's like he's singing and, and remembering. Yeah, so within a few minutes, <laughs> I'm literally talking a few minutes, the contractions started again. Um, I kind of thought it would be like an hour between the two babies, but within 25 minutes, uh, my daughter was born. You know, same situation. I felt her moving down. I felt the pushing again, you know, the the need to push. And uh, yeah, she came out just just 25 minutes later, also in water, um, which I was really happy about. I really wanted a, a water birth, um, but um, I was kind of encouraged against it. I thought, said it could be dangerous, especially for the second twin. I didn't want to put her in danger. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy that I went with my instincts. You know, there was a moment uh, during the labor where they, they were like, okay, do you want to get out of the pool now? And I tried to get out and I was like, no, I cannot climb out of this pool and I'm staying here. And, you know, there were a few other things that were kind of encouraged by by the midwives, which was to have, um, like, listening into the babies. Um, but it just didn't feel right in, in the moment. These um, guidelines, I know why they're there, but there's just certain things, you know, in that moment, intuitively, I just knew my babies were fine. In fact, even when my daughter was born, um, she took a minute to breathe and um, I didn't freak out. Uh, I don't think my partner freaked out. I think we were pretty calm, probably in shock too. You know, it's a, <laughs> I'd just done a huge thing in like four and a half, five hours. I had just birthed two babies, um, you know, completely naturally, no proper painkillers. Um, so of course, like my body was in shock. I remember when my body temperature started to drop and I started to shake. But yeah, because of that, they kind of called the emergency bell. I, I, again, I understand why. And suddenly like 10 or 15 doctors and nurses just ran into the room that was the thing that upset me. I was like, what are you doing? And you know, they cut they cut my daughter's cord very quickly, whereas, you know, what I'd wanted was for it to stop pulsing and go white because then they get all the nutrients that they need. Again, I understand why it was done, so there's no hard feelings about it. But, you know, it was more, what upset me is that there were suddenly 10 to 15 people all touching and poking and prodding my daughter. Again, I understand why, but I was like, why do you need that many people? Um, so that was kind of the thing that... Um, the only really thing that kind of upset me in the whole labor the rest of it went so so well it was really everything flowed and then of course I had to birth my two placentas and again like I could I heard someone saying like do you want to get the was it oxytocin they were trying to get ready because you can have a bit of help to get the placentas ready and I was like hey why are you doing this like why are you getting that ready the reason why I'm saying this is because I think it's so important to become informed about all the general protocols all the general procedures that happen when you give birth you know whether you're having a singleton pregnancy or multiple pregnancy and then try and understand why they do it and if this works for you I may I don't know maybe they weren't going to use it but they were definitely getting it ready um, and I had managed to birth my placentas naturally so I didn't have to have these you know these extra things um, injected in me um, yeah just understanding what it is why it's there and um, if if it's necessary for you um, but yeah, so birth the two placentas. Um, we'll talk about placentas a bit later. <laughs> and and then, yeah, my babies were there, you know, full-sized. Um, you know, when I've spoken to other uh, mums that have birthed twins, they, they were generally induced. I haven't met anyone yet that had their babies um, without an induction. Um, and, you know, I... 
and I completely understand why but I'm just happy that I got to do it the way that I felt right for me and my family and for my children my babies were born a really healthy size three and a half kilos and 3.2 kilos you know that's my daughter was born at three and a half kilos my from my first birth so just to get an idea of like how huge my belly was <laughs> but also like how big and healthy they were I birthed them both my lady flower didn't tear you know everything was good everything was in place I've had no complications in my body um, my babies have had no complications they are full size healthy no jaundice no skin conditions they sleep well every night they both took to the breast perfectly um, so of course it is absolutely possible to birth twins naturally um, and it's it upsets me really that it's so there's so much encouragement against it and what I'm understanding is the statistics that tell you you can't do this are there because no one really gives it a chance because they're afraid because of the fear-mongering which again I understand why it's there they want to stop you know they want to prevent stillbirths but they're not looking at actually the the it is natural to have twins of course it's not as common as a singleton pregnancy but it's common like now I have twins I see twins everywhere like wherever I'm going driving walking there's always twins you know it's not an unusual thing so why are we not at least given the option of giving birth naturally and of course the option's there but oh my goodness did I have to push past a lot of judgment and fear from healthcare professionals and and friends peers other people oh so you're having a c-section oh so you're having an induction no but your babies are going to be too big your babies are too comfortable you're putting your children at risk you know there's a lot to work through because obviously as a mother all you want is for your children to be safe and my intuition, my gut was telling me, and I'm so proud of, of, of being in tune of that, that this was what was right for my children. And I know now that my intuition was absolutely right. They're healthy and strong. They're everything that I could have prayed them to be. So the journey after. Um, the recovery period has been like pretty breezy for me. Uh, my body, you know, externally, if you saw my body within a couple of weeks, it almost looked like it was before, which was a shock to me, uh, obviously a, pe a pleasant shock. Um, I really thought it would take a lot longer for my belly to come down. I thought I'd have lots of stretch marks. I, all of the above, I thought I'd be in pain. You know, I, you kind of just prepare f for the worst a bit. Um, not that you should. I think having that positive mindset in pregnancy really, really, really helps not easy because pregnancy is a challenge huge challenge um but yeah I think that had a lot to do with my lifestyle during pregnancy I really ate well uh, I juiced almost every day I kept up my exercise until about seven seven and a half months you know still going to the gym just making it lighter and lighter as I went along and then by the end I was just I wasn't doing anything I kept up my meditation practice that has continues now even you know even with the babies around that that no matter what I will make sure I do my daily meditation um I think you know within a couple of weeks I really wanted to do exercise you know physical exercise is a huge part of my lifestyle it's also my my job and uh, I wanted to but I wasn't ready I did one sun salutation and I started to bleed again when my bleeding had actually stopped so you know that was a very powerful message from my body like nope you're not ready uh, I haven't really done anything else since and we're at six weeks I'd like to <laughs> I think part of what it is is that I felt so energized I wasn't carrying in my belly like two babies and growing life um but patience patience we have time you know for our bodies to recover 
and um yeah that's that's been a challenge for me you know I want to go out and run I want to go back to the gym I want <laughs> I even wanted to teach a couple of classes and you know my partner uh, my friends were like just slow down Jessica you know you'll never get this time back and it's true that's that's definitely true I've had a few people ask me about what I did with my placenta um you know, I have doula friends and, and peers who um, have kept the placenta to capsulate them, uh, which I think is great. Um, if, you know, I, I don't know why I didn't do that in either of my pregnancies. But for me, um, and this isn't for everyone, you know, I'm actually a vegetarian. I don't, I'm not used to any meat types, especially <laughs> not my own. Um, but it's what I did uh, with my last pregnancy and this pregnancy. I actually... Um, kept the placenta just for a few days while it was still fresh and just cut a little bit <laughs> for four days and put it in a smoothie um, it's not something I particularly enjoy doing <laughs> it's you know it's pretty gross you have to kind of take your mind off it um, if it's something that you decide to do uh, and I just yeah put it into uh, a smoothie with like lots of extra agave syrup lots of extra bananas like strong nice flavors so and then just downed it um yeah it's not for everyone and when I you know mostly when I tell people they try not to turn their nose up but their noses are like that sounds disgusting um but you know after doing the research it's supposed to you know help with avoiding postpartum depression help with like the healing of the body and honestly in both times uh after giving birth my body has got back to itself like really quickly um yes like I said of course I did a bit of yoga a little bit too soon and that was just listening to my body but I've had no complications so it's definitely worth reading into to see if it's for you and of course you don't have to do it the the way that I've done it you can send it off to get encapsulated or some people cook it um but for me if I'm looking at it in terms of nature like they're all other mammals eat their placenta but they eat it like when it's fresh and raw so in my mentality I just like do it get it over and done with I don't know if that's the reason why my body feels good um but it's worth a try if if it's for you um what else postpartum depression I think that's um it's it's very common for women to feel uh, a downer after giving birth it's natural for that to happen you know there's a huge shift in hormones oxytocin drop you know then there's the change if you're breastfeeding there's there's all of these different hormones uh, arranging the release of prolactin you know start the milk process so all these new things are changing again and it's very common for women to feel um low and depressed and I remember after like my third or fourth day checkup when the midwives came they're like oh you know um just so you know when all your milk comes in properly you're um you're likely to start feeling low and that like I don't know if it's because I was extra sensitive or whatever but I was suddenly like I'm gonna start feeling low oh no I don't want to start feeling low you know started to like almost like look for it and it never really came in like full um but I think it was more like after a few weeks the babies were here um and kind of going through the challenges of all of that of you know what it's like to suddenly be looking after two newborns and a two-year-old yeah it was more like when I had a moment to kind of think I was like oh it's really hard to get out of the house that takes a lot um or when am I going to be able to travel again or I've got a list of things that I want to get done and I can't get them done right now or my partner's back at work you know I was used to spending loads of time with him and now I'm not getting to see him all the time now I'm at home on my own with babies you know like these sort of things start ticking in your mind and yeah there's definitely moments of like 
loneliness or fear or something and it was only kind of having a chat to one of my friends who's also pregnant it's just reminding me like this don't worry this is also your hormones um this is natural for you to feel like a little a little up and down uh, and when I became aware of that um I just started to think of different ways to manage this uh, I'm used to quite an adventurous lifestyle and and now things are like a little bit more grounded <laughs> physically grounded um it's getting used to that and also learning to find the joy in the simple moment uh, and I think it's a really important practice in feeling good in feeling positive and and in immersing yourself in new experiences that that look a little different having so many children around if you look at me three years ago when I was riding around an island on my little moped compared to now where I have a car full of car seats and three children um, it's a very different setup but you know that is an adventure in itself it's learning to find the joy in going for a simple walk or um, finding the balance of like accepting that some days you don't even need to go out and you can find find peace in just like a simple routine in making sure that you do a little bit of what you love each day um, and for me keeping up my meditation practice like no matter what you know that is my ritual that is my soul food um, and just as much you know travel is but finding ways to plan that in the future making sure that I keep that you know honor my needs but also that my my spiritual practice um, is right here and it's within me and just as much as my soul food is kind of traveling to the other side of the world it's also traveling into my inner world uh, and keeping that up no matter what you know I do genuinely feel that we have to be mindful in our spiritual practices not to get attached to them but there are times in our life where um, we do need to hold on to them we do need to be disciplined with them and uh, and keep them up no matter what so I think the the release of attachment is okay it might not be at 5am that I get to do my morning practice it might be at 9am after all the kids are up um my eldest is off at nursery or she's sitting having breakfast um, and my other two have just had a bath and I've gone to sleep. That might be the time to do my meditation. That's where it's like letting go of that attachment. But for sure, keeping it up no matter what. That's, you know, it's important for me. It makes me feel good. But it also means that the people around me feel good, especially my children, my partner, you know, because that gives me that moment to declutter the mind, um, to remind myself that this grounding feeling is good it feels it's what I was you know have always searched for without necessarily being aware of it and um that the patterns of the mind the things that come up they are just patterns and the, the stillness is always within me and as a consequence my children are still <laughs> they really are like everyone comments on how calm uh, all three of my children are and of course you know my eldest has her two-year-old moments uh, my newborns scream and cry sometimes but that's that's normal that's natural um, but on the whole they sleep through the night they're calm you know I'm sitting here recording a podcast um, with my son right next to me with my daughter um, a few meters away I've got the monitor here you haven't heard it go off once because it hasn't gone off once um, she's chill um yeah I have a calm family and it's because I keep up the practices that help me to feel calm the other thing I think is important is making sure you keep up the things that that do keep you sane um 
you know, I've spoken to a lot of mums that have said like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a shower or I didn't get a chance to brush my hair or, which I'm, I completely understand <laughs> because having small children is manic sometimes, often, every day, at least five times a day. <laughs> um, but it's ensuring, you know, for me to keep up the things that make me feel good. Um, one of those is being in a tidy space. And of course I can't, attached you know sometimes I do just have to go to bed with um, without having a hoovered floor or without always having done the dishes but nine times out of ten I will have a hoovered floor and I will have done the dishes I will make sure that the place you know my, you know my temple is tidy because a tidy space is a tidy mind and also I strongly feel like cleaning and tidying brings you closer to God it brings you closer to stillness um, so that's important the other thing is like doing the little things that make me feel like evolution, <laughs> you know, that make me feel good, that make me feel beautiful, that even if I'm not even leaving the house, I'll put on my mascara, I'll brush my hair, <laughs> because those sort of things, like, why not? Like, why wouldn't you do those things? Um, it might mean sometimes that I'll get in the shower and, and maybe the babies will start crying. And as long as I can see them, and it's not for a long time it's like two I'm talking like a two or three minute shower because yeah I do get it like a nice long 20 minute shower every day it's it's not gonna happen um but just making sure that I do those things that make me feel clean that make me feel nourished cared for self-care is so important um and even if it does mean that the babies will cry for a few minutes I know now as a more experienced mother that they're okay they're gonna be fine they're in a safe place um I can see them on the monitor um, I can hear them, I can hear the, the crying is kind of, I know that as soon as I pick them up, the crying will stop. Um, not only that, it's like, there will be judgments. I'm sure a few people that will listen to this podcast will be like, oh my gosh, she'll get in the shower and let her babies cry. She'll do her mascara while her babies are crying. People are going to judge you whatever you do in life. There's always going to be someone judging you. There's always going to be someone jealous. There's always going to be someone putting you down, no matter what you do. And the more you are authentic to yourself, generally the more that will happen. You'll probably pick up more uh, authentic friends, more authentic people, more authentic followers around you, but you're going to pick up, um, the judgmental ones too, for sure. Um, and I'm sure some people will listen to this like, wow, she'll, she'll let her babies cry or wow. How can she say that about, um, me not having a shower? <laughs> Every person's experience is different. Every person's needs are different. And as long as we are doing our best, as long as our children are loved at peace, happy, fed, sheltered clean you know we're doing the right thing and I think that is one of the most important things that that I can stick by as a mom and that, uh, that others can and finding peace and joy in the simplicity of life in the day-to-day -day routines is um, a real opportunity for self-mastery um, and I well for me anyway that is what I strive to do and be and focusing on, you know, those little achievements that actually take us a long way um, is really, really helpful. And um, apart from obviously the gift of having three beautiful children around me is what I remind myself to be grateful for every day. So three under three. <laughs> How is life with three under three? Um, honestly, it's getting easier. Uh, 
and of course like when I say this to some people they're like yeah it feels easy now because the baby's a newborn just you wait that's another thing you know I don't understand people are always putting funny ideas in people's heads and they generally seem to be negative but it all comes from fear um and as long as we keep out of that state of fear life becomes more peaceful our children become more peaceful you know if we feel fear they feel fear because that's the instinct you know that is the way that we are nurturing them so it's kind of trying to stay out of that state of fear um and for me finding ways to keep up like my adventurous spirit alive with with my babies and that might mean like going to the park across the road with all three of them on my own you know that is an adventure that is a huge adventure and I don't need to travel to the other side of the world with it it's a challenge you know I've got to get eat all of the babies washed and dressed and fed myself washed dressed and fed (laughs) Then I need to get each of the babies into the pushchair, get them nicely wrapped up on their coats. Then I need to strap on the um, buggy board, as it's called. It's like a little board that you put where you would normally walk. It's like strapped to the pushchair. And then my daughter either sits or stands on the buggy board. And then I push a bloody bus (laughs) through the streets of London um, to, to wherever I'm going. And yeah, it might be the park across the road. It might be to meet a friend not too far away but it's making sure that I do those things often when I can because it's important for for my sanity um, just as much as it is for them the babies seem to love it (laughs) my partner's mum thinks it's because I love it which is true you know if they if I feel at peace they feel at peace and it's really important for my two-year-old to to get out and have fun it is a juggling act having three small children there are tears I can't pick them all up at the same time I just can't Um, I can't feed them all at the same time. I just can't. But I am finding ways of doing it. Um, It may be a case of tandem feeding. It's something that I said I would never do. There's no way I'm feeding, um, breastfeeding both my babies at the same time. That is honestly one way of saving time. Um, It's obviously something I'd only do at home because you do just have to get your boobs out. (laughs) Um, So I'll get my daughter's food on the table. I prefer to sit with her and eat. Um, you know I think it's important for us to have our bonding time and then have the babies in in their chairs next to us but if they both start crying if they're both hungry which often happens you know they're like wait you're eating I want to eat then I'll go and sit on the sofa tandem feed while my daughter is eating too and then I'll eat my food after if there's time I might do that after I put the babies to bed which is another challenge Um, bath time I'll have my daughter in the bath I'll have another baby probably on my lap or on one of their little pod beds another baby in a chair and we'll all be in the bathroom together luckily I have a big bathroom (laughs) again one of them will probably be crying at this point or if I'm lucky they'll they'll all be chill it really is a day-by-day thing Um, bedtime the way I put my daughter to bed I I lie with her each night until she goes to sleep Um, and so now what I do (laughs) is I lie on the bed with the two babies um, until she falls asleep usually this makes the babies fall asleep too and that gives me a chance to have like a nice a nice long shower um or uh, to tidy up a bit before they wake up again for a few hours before like midnight and then they'll go to sleep for the whole night <laughs> it is a challenge um but it's you know it's slowly becoming easier um the last couple of weeks i've been challenging myself more and again this is um feeding the adventurous spirit within me um all three of them in the car together. It's been fine so far, but you know, going a little bit further each time, getting used to knowing what I need to juggle, even just getting them in and out the car, like that is that is that is a big job because you've got to take the pushchair out of the flat, walk to the car, 
then take the car seats off because it's a kind of like a because they're still little it's like a two car seats on a frame that push with wheels um so like dismantling the buggy board dismantling the the car seat strapping everyone in uh, and then obviously it's the same on the other side so actually I'm finding it easier to find places in walking distance I'm going for nice long walks yeah it's a challenge I can't lie uh it it really is but um challenge accepted you know and challenge was accepted even when I found out uh, you know we were having twins I was like okay you know my my spirit instantly smiled from the inside out when when I found out you know we were having twins I you know my soul beamed and I knew from that reaction where I couldn't keep that smile off my face that this was exactly where we were supposed to be this is exactly the growth that our family needed uh, and wanted and desired you know we asked for a baby (laughs) we tried once we got two so manifestation at its finest and here we are I couldn't be more grateful um even just you know, having this chance to share, share the experience so far, it's reminded me how, how lucky our family is. And um, I'm looking forward to the future. I don't even know where it is or, or, you know, what will happen. I know I want to spend more time in the sun. I do have a retreat coming up. Uh, if you're interested in joining, we have our upcoming rebirth retreat in Thailand Uh, Again, feeding the adventurous spirit within me and also having the opportunity to share that with others. Um, We're going to the south of Thailand, some of the places where I used to live um, with Rain and Us for our annual rebirth venture. If you're interested, it is the 27th of July to the 2nd of August this year. Um, And actually, as it's International Women's Month, um, we've got 15% off for all women. Um, so do check it out on my website middlepathmovement.com forward slash rebirth thailand um, and when you get in touch with either myself or Tila who I'm co-hosting with just quote International Women's Month and that does apply to men too if you're booking the ticket for your lady or for a female friend um, then you do get that discount we will have a discount for men too because we believe in equal opportunities and men and women are different but equals um then do look out for that we'll be doing that more towards june for for the gentlemen anyway um thank you so much for tuning in thank you for listening um it's been a really nice recording experience with my son next to me he's actually just falling asleep (laughs) i do aim to share more often but yeah let's see it may be with a few more special guests um as in my babies (laughs) um but yeah I do have a recording coming up with um a wonderful doula so do look out for that um I know I've been promising that for a while um but yeah mum life of three (laughs) but until next time know thy ego know thyself egolution